0: Welcome to Biz Takeouts, Biz communities, sound bite-sized news to go, made possible by ACA, Association for Communications and Advertising. I'm your host, Rutendo Nyamuda. Coming up on today's show, Gareth Leck, Group Chief Executive Officer and co-founding partner of Joe Public United, Ngpume Ngobese, managing director of joe public connect and Kenzie nobanda group executive for marketing and corporate affairs of the nedbank
1: group there are like revolutions going around in every area of business right now and i think contracts need to be rethought um, re kind of imagined and co-created it's time for biz takeouts
0: my first question is to kenzie in the recent ACAK's COVID-19 webinar, you used a lovely phrase and you said, the value chain of creativity is also how brands come to live. Can you unpack what you meant by this? And in addition, how can marketers reap increased return on investment by following these creative value chains?
2: Okay, so I think as a starting point, before I get specifically into that, um it's important to understand what we, what I classify, what a, what makes up a brand, right? So if you think about asset advertising and marketing, you know, people generally think the brand is your advertising, <laughs> which is actually not true. It's just that that's what people see, right? Because they see the ads and all of that. But actually what makes up the brand is far more than that. It is your products and services that you offer. So for us, if you think of our transactional products, if you think of the money app that we have. It is the services that our employees give to our clients. Um, So actually the marketing and advertising is almost the cherry on top of what the brand is. I say that and it's it's quite important. And I'll mention two reasons why it's important, right? So I was reflecting on a conversation that was on Twitter, I think yesterday morning, some user decided to poke NetBank and was basically like, why would young people want to bank with (laughs) NetBank? And I love how our NetBank army of clients basically responded. And as they responded, none of them necessarily said, we bank with NetBank because they've got great advertising or, you know, a lot of them responded on, it's about your money app. It's about the services that I get. It's the products that are there. Um, so actually that's what your brand is, right? It's, it's not the ads is what sells you that story. And then if you look, this uh, I think last night, the brand finance report came out. And we've gone up as a brand from number 11 to number 8. And I think we were the only bank actually that grew value. And that value, again, is not just measured by brand strength. It's measured by the financial performance of the company overall. So I think as a starting point, it's important to understand that what I refer to as our brand is much more holistic than the creative piece of our brand. But if I get to the creative piece of our brand, absolutely the creative value chain is significantly important in how we land that brand in in the market. And I think COVID-19 has been a really good example of that. Whether it's been with the Joe public team, working on telling South Africans how to manage their money better um, in a crisis like this, whether it's been with our PR agency, Riverbed, talking about how to manage your emotions, you know, a lot better in a crisis like that so that it doesn't impact you using your money badly, um, look at what we've done with our sponsorship agency leverage. talking about managing and changing your, 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 your physical habits because mm-hmm. we couldn't run outside the way you normally do um, so that creative chain has landed I think quite a clear brand message for us during this period and you can see it if you look at the two things that we measure which is sentiment we've generally as a brand had the highest positive sentiment across of amongst all the banks during this period Um, and also if you look at from a PR perspective we've had the highest share of you know um, volumes and mentions but also it's been either sort of positive or neutral sentiment so whilst the back end of the services and the products and the you know is important our creative agencies have landed that for us in a way that's allowed us to continue to be relevant um, during this period.
0: Mm, Very interesting that you speak about kind of the sentiment of it. And I actually want to ask a question to both Gareth and Mpume from the Joe Public side, and can will also get your insights on this, is as you've mentioned, there are a number of banks and, you know, there are a number of PR and marketing agencies. And there's an incredible book by Simon Sinek that says, you know, start with why and understanding your why and that customers don't buy into, buy into your services, your products, they buy into who you are. And so from the joke public perspective, what would you say is your differentiating factor that clients or customers and consumers keep coming back to you? What is your ultimate why?
1: Yeah, so we, I mean, that Simon Sinek reference is important because we actually, we came across that about a decade ago. And that was actually the genesis of us creating our own purpose for our business, which we have defined as growth. And to unpack it more, we say it's the growth of our people, our clients and our country. So that was a journey we started about actually about a decade ago. And um, so if you're asking what our purpose is as a business, that's what it is. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I think we've tried to bring a lot of that thinking to our clients as well. I mean, our you know, Pepe, my business partner, has actually written a book on it. Um, a lot of the work we've actually done with Nedbank over the last number of years with Kenzie is around the, this principle. And I think what Kenzie's talking about is really positive to hear, because I think the messages that we put out there working with Kenzie, I think there was an authentic you know, th- putting it back authentically to the purpose of Nedbank and trying to assist people to be better with their money. Um, it's, it's, I think it's all. It's, it's closely connected as how we work um, to what Kenzie was saying and um, I mean I'm just hearing this now so it's really positive news to hear that you've had those shifts during this crisis because I think that's one of the things that, that marketers should be doing they should be taking advantage of this crisis but they have to put it back to to some kind of higher highest kind of North Star ideal that they that they are based on because if you don't have that um, it's also hard to put that into the market so I think that's also what I think a lot of brands are starting to to realize if they don't have, I mean, you could call it a purpose or a strategy, if they don't have it in place, uh, it's also difficult to base your, I mean, you mentioned products and services, your communications, what do you base it on? Because what actually consumers are looking for are brands to really help them navigate this crisis. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, all these, I think all of these points are interrelated, but our journey began 10 years ago. And it's been instrumental in, in, in building our organization over the last 10 years. It's actually been actually quite um, instrumental in actually uh, putting our transformation to deal together, which we recently announced, uh, because one of our pillars is growth of people and maybe we can tell about that a bit more, but it's been, it's been absolutely sort of foundational to, to what we do every day and, and even how we work with our clients on a daily basis.
0: Mm, Absolutely incredible. And coming to Mpume, uh, first of all, massive congratulations to you. Um, You've just been appointed to the Joe Public Board, which is absolutely incredible, so congratulations. And of course, you know, Joe Public made a massive announcement last week about being the largest independent, all-black-owned agency in South Africa, which is monumental and very pivotal and you know in the current situation that we're in in a global space um both south africa and in a global context first of all what does this all mean to you what does this mean to you um yeah
3: we're very excited about the deal that's been put together and also very excited to have invested um in a company like joe public a company company um, that puts its purpose at the core, a company that's passionate about the growth of its people, which um, ultimately leads to the growth of our country. So it's very exciting for us, and we believe that um, this deal is transformational um, in our industry. Mm. Um, you know, because transformation has been very important um, to our company uh, for a long time, as Gareth mentioned. Um, the Journey started a decade ago, um, where, you know, Kutala and Olisa joined and me joining seven years ago. And um, it's so important to us. Um, And alongside transformation, what's also important to us is representation. Um, And representation, you know, um, it affects how we view ourselves. So I'm talking about now the context of South Africa. Um, You know, it helps create self growth, self worth. It helps create um, a sense of inclusivity. And from a global um, perspective, um, you know, with the global temperature currently um, at its most uncomfortable levels, with femicides and racism um, at its highest, you know, um, my hope is for organizations to see this deal um, and recognize it as, you know, um, driving the need for um, organizations to let go of their subconscious um, gender and color biases mm. and begin to recognize the importance of growing their staff from within, um, the importance of recognizing their staff based on merits, um, and of course the importance of diversity and representation in their structures so it's quite exciting for us
0: gareth i want to come back to you quickly you have spoken extensively about the need for creative accountability contracts and aligning client agency goals can you expand on the importance of this
1: yeah i mean i think to be honest i think we've all kind of lost the plot a bit because if you look at a lot of our contracts they're very transactional and we don't sit in the beginning and say what is our shared vision as a as an agency, as a client, and and define that up front. And then we don't sit down and figure out how do we achieve that? Um, So I think we need to rewind a bit to how we do these things Mm -hmm. and actually turn the whole sort of structure upside down. And I know there's a lot going on right now, but I think we stumbled on this about two months ago, two months ago in a Harvard business review. It's called relational contracts. And we found a very interesting concept because it said, how do we how do we create a shared vision how do we, you know, what are we, what are we trying to do together? Not, not, you know, what is the client demanding of the agency? Mm-hmm. So it's really about just, you know, sitting down together as, a, as, a, as an agency and a client and say, how do we best succeed together? What are the things we need to do, mm-hmm. and and really work on it collectively, and not it, not it be a, a cold transactional um, procurement-led process. Now I know, and I'm not, and I'm not sort of you know, I'm not pointing fingers because a lot of clients are different. A lot of the, lot of the times it is led by marketing and some of the times it's led by procurement. But it's generally quite a, a cold, hard process. And it's very much about hours and, um, and inputs. And it's kind of counterintuitive because clients should be paying us for our outputs and not for our inputs. And we almost are, and I, may, I wouldn't say we do it intentionally, but maybe unintentionally we are, we are incentivized to, to, to spend more time because we're getting paid by the hour. Um, which doesn't actually serve the agency because clients get frustrated. Things take too long and doesn't serve the client because they don't get the outputs they need. And especially now with this whole crisis, I think everybody's saying, well, you know, you've got less money, you've got less time, let's do things better and differently. So we just, we are now, we kind of becoming more conscious of that and we're trying to bring those processes into how we work with our clients. We are busy putting it in place. We haven't concluded it yet. And we, I know we're chatting to Kenzie about it actually, but how do we start to bring this to the fore? So it's it's a it's a new kind of chapter for us. But I think it's there's, um, there are like revolutions going around every in almost every every area of business right now. And I think contracts needs to be rethought, um, kind of imagined and co-created, and and, and 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 focus on what's important because I think somehow we've lost our way on focusing more on the as I say the inputs and we haven't put a put a lot of focus on 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 how do we get them the optimum outputs and to me that should be how do we do unbelievable creative for our clients because that is the best way we can impact our clients business and it's been proven in so many surveys and so many i mean mckenzie's done reports uh um, brown's done it um actually and it's not about award-winning because award-winning is one thing but uh, creative excellence has been proven to be you know, up to nine times more effective than than average creative so i think it's about how do we start to think about those things in in our contracts how do we start to focus on what's really important how do we start to focus on the outputs because that's going to give our clients the best roi and at the end of the day that's why they should be that's what we should be doing for our clients
0: Kenzie, what are your thoughts on that you know the outputs and the inputs time spent Obviously, one doesn't want to, uh, if you can spend less of your budget, that's, you know, great. (laughs) But what are your thoughts on that, especially
2: in this COVID time? So I'm actually very excited about this journey that Joe Public has kicked off. And I think we've got a session in the next two weeks where we'll start really trying to understand between the two of us, what's this relational contract that you will be on. So, I mean, for me, very exciting. And I mean, of course, our marketing budgets have been significantly cut this year. But I do think, what do they say? Like, don't waste a good crisis, right? And I do think what this crisis has done is challenged us, um, to Garrett's point, around how we cost and pay for things. And if we can kind of come out of this, in with a way of us being able to pay for something where we think we're actually paying for the output and the value that it brings to our brands and from an if they still make money in that value chain, in a way that makes sense for the amount of time it has been put in, I think it will be a great outcome. So I'm very happy and open to be going on this journey with Joe Public.
0: Mm, great.
2: And Kensi, you
0: are a self-proclaimed champion of the need for procurement and marketing to find a sustainable way, or sustainable ways rather, to work together. Uh, can you explain what this means to you and how would you advise on achieving this at an optimum state?
2: Yeah, look, I think the first thing I strongly believe is that the agency relationship um, is owned by marketing and not procurement. And that is a a tenant that I absolutely believe in to the point where as a a very, and it seems basic, but if you look at the contracts that we have with our agencies where it says relationship manager, it should never have a procurement person. (laughs) It should have a marketing person because that already tells you everything that you need to know. Mm-hmm. I believe and we work really well with our procurement team at NetBank and that's because actually ultimately they're there to deliver what me and my marketing team require. Obviously they've got a very sort of cost driven lens and that's an important lens, but I don't want to to have the cheapest agencies who are gonna give me crap work. It's definitely not what I want at all. And I make that very clear to to procurement. Um ultimately I think marketing has to take the lead in those conversations. Um, and procurement has to support marketing to ensure that they get the right value out of it. And I'll give, um, so people who know me know that I sometimes maybe should say things I shouldn't say, but I just had literally before this call, I had a, a meeting with uh, my procurement team because we've got a pitch at the moment on our brand and CI work. And the agencies presented on Monday, and we scored, and so they sent us, you know, here are the scores and stuff, and here's who won. I said, wait a minute, because obviously we then take in pricing, creativity, transformation, sustainability, and when you check all of that together, it's very possible that the agency that has won overall is not the one that was the most creative, right? So. If you just leave it to procurement, that's the decision done, right? I said no, 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 you can't do that because I want to work with the best. I want to work with you know creative agencies. The reason maybe the most creative hasn't won. Let's understand it and go back to that agency to understand if they can bring their pricing to a level where it starts to make sense for us. So for me, it's about the overall value, and we cannot leave those decisions to procurement because they they obviously they come in with money in their heads. I come in. With needing to deliver the best work for my brand mm. um, at a good price point, so yeah, yeah, and for me,
1: I, I have to say we, we're very lucky to have such an amazing client.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mpume,
0: I yeah, for me, I want to go from from the digital perspective uh, because now, obviously, in the midst of COVID nineteen, traditional forms of marketing and advertising that we would have seen perhaps if we were driving past a billboard or you know being in our cars on the ra- and listening to the radio station. Um, we're now seeing a different incorporation of digital and traditional, if we are seeing a lot of traditional even. So I want to find out on the digital side, how have things shifted and changed for you since COVID-19 and is there an, an increase and what is the increase on the digital side of marketing? Um, yeah, so we've touched on, you know, um,
3: brands and um, on purpose, purposeful branding. And I think what COVID-19 has done um, is is that it's put a spotlight on brands that don't have a purpose, that don't understand why they exist. You know, you see instances where brands uh, publish communication that is completely tone deaf. Um, It's because um, it's from lack of understanding um, what their purpose is, what role they play in in the society or what role they play in our ecosystem. So I think what's happening now is that there's definitely no longer space for brands that don't understand the context within which it lives, that don't understand um, what um, the temperature is about. Um, and I think it's forcing um, COVID-19 is forcing the brands and businesses to understand why they exist beyond making a profit so that they begin to speak um, from a point of purpose. Um, and I think those brands that um, have purpose will have the license to communicate to a consumer that is incredibly sensitive at the moment. and those are the brands that we will see um, going forward into the future as we you know, um, navigates this pandemic. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You speak about brands that don't understand why they exist. And that's quite a powerful statement to, to make. And we have seen it maybe with misadvertising or not being sensitive to certain things, uh, saying on that digital aspect, how important is it Mm -hmm. to have you know, perhaps teams behind uh, digital marketing as well that are not only sensitive to the time, but know how to respond um, quite speedily because, you know, you could be caught out saying something or doing something digitally online. And then if you respond two days later, um, it says quite a bit about your brand as opposed to having people with a mindset um, who are quite sensitive to what is happening at the moment. So, how how important is it to have a a team, a digital team that is quite, um, I guess, and uh, has a great understanding of what is happening, and is also quite sensitive and reactive? So,
3: yes. So it's in two parts, right? It talks to um, a team representation. So that's the that I touched on earlier, the importance of it, um, so that we don't have a one-dimensional view of the world or communication. And then it also talks to uh, agility, um, the speed in which we respond. And I think what's happened now, it's forced uh, our businesses to restructure our teams um, according to the pace at which um, the brand wants to communicate with the target market or the audience. Um we've had to look closely at how we structure our team um, according to the client needs. And I think, yeah, this period has literally um, forced us to innovate and uh, we've welcomed the innovation that has come with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Rutendo, can I just come in there? Yes. So, I mean, social media, I think, is so fraught with so much drama for brands and <laughs> you just you really need to manage it well. So we've got an internal digital marketing team um, and within that we've got a team of guys who manage our social media. But beyond that team, I live on my net bank accounts. I'm just trying to see and understand the temperature um, and just make sure that we are you know we know exactly what's going on. But the thing that I've learned, especially probably in the last year, is some things in social media do not engage, do not like just... It's okay sometimes to just let something go (laughs) because either way you're never going to win that battle or that fight and stuff so we always are quite clear we we, we look at everything we have the conversation then we say look on this one it's important that we engage on this on this one maybe not you know um especially on things that are actually not based on facts it just seems sometimes to try oh here's the truth just seems to because you know people just become very emotional so you really do need very level-headed people who understand exactly what tonality um, you should be going with from a social media perspective. It's it's really fraught with a lot of drama for brands, to be honest. Mm, very true. And I don't know who
0: would like to answer this question, uh, but just based on, on what you've said now, Kenzie is we're also dealing with different generations on social media. So we have Gen Z, uh, who are more outspoken than millennials who are somewhere in between the baby boomers, and everyone is never mind being sometimes people can say things and be easily offended, and things can blow up. but what are your thoughts on on even responding, but from that generational do we always have to be in the mindset of who am I responding to, who is the target market? does it matter, or like you're saying, <laughs> do we just not say anything?
1: i mean i i mean i can i can also, I can respond to this because i think you know i don't think for ex i think for example Nike has a certain they they have a certain tone of voice and they have a certain point of view and i mean they've actually been very outspoken in this in the black lives Matter campaigns that i've seen um so I don't think they're talking to generations they're talking to principles mm-hmm. so i think if you and once again it comes back to what does your brand stand for you know what is what is important to you you know how can you how can you empathize with what people are going through? I think once again, and I, know I keep coming back to, it, but that should be your guiding light um, you know a, a brand like Patagonia has had a certain point of view on sustainability from day one and um, and so I, I, and I don't think it's generation, I don't think it's segments. I think they have a point of view that they they stick to, and once again, I mean when the these crises come along they they are, are, I mean, super brave in, in and and having those voices out there. And I know that it can sometimes cost them. I mean, the, the, one of the incidents they ended up the, so I've gone blank when the the knee took the knee campaign. Um, Colin
2: Kaepernick, uh,
1: yeah. Colin Kaepernick. That I mean, I know that was a, a, massive statement. They went out with their share price tank. They were having their shoes burnt. Um, we all know it. And then and then quickly quickly kind of responded. the I could respond at share price back up again and to me that's what and I don't know how Kenzie would be thinking about it but I think that's you know if NetBank is there to help you during this crisis with your money their money management mm. that would be that would be that would be how you how you speak and and, and what you speak about across segments would be my perspective on yeah it.
2: so I agree with Garrett, but I think actually where things become difficult is when so does Nike then respond to the person who's burning Nike sneakers don't continue to tell your own story about and i think that's the point that you know for me is just be clear on what you were trying to say someone might come and be like wow like for example if you think of the secrets campaign oh you're telling us that we we spend more money but you're the ones with high interest rates (laughs) and you know all of that and stuff be very clear what you're trying to say what you're trying to do and just continue on that journey otherwise it's easy to get sidetracked and think you can resp- I mean no one's gonna love you like not everyone's gonna love you it's just mm-hmm. how it is and stuff um, but as long as you're clear on your purpose and your thoughts, that's the message in that ending you'll be fine. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. so Agreed. Yeah.
0: And, and do you believe then that I mean when it comes to economic conditions or cultural um, aspects Gareth you've mentioned the Black Lives Matter movement um, in South Africa we have gender-based violence which is a massive and serious issue um, and coming back to what you're talking about when it comes to principles. As brands and as clients, do you speak up every single time or do you speak up only when it's in line with principles according to your company?
2: For me, it has to be relevant. So let's take the, um, the GBB issue, right? So there's a brand I used to work on many years ago, Joko, still one of my very favorite brands. And I love what they're doing in the context of gender-based violence. Um, and it makes sense because Joko is all about women of strength, um, which is, I still very fondly remember all of that and stuff. And I, so for me, it absolutely makes sense in that context. And they are doing a lot of work in that context. Obviously, if you ask us as Ned Bank what's our stance on it, we're very clear. Like, you know, we, we need to sort out gender-based violence issues in South Africa. Would we do a marketing campaign on it? No, because for us, our big thing is we believe that money well managed can make a real difference in people's lives. So our stance is how do we help people manage their money better? So any conversation around that is a conversation we're going to go into. But of course, um, we would like to see a reduction in gender-based violence, and that comes into policy and all of that. But it's definitely not something we would do marketing or PR on, because we don't think our brand is is in the right context um for that. Mm. Okay. And Pume,
0: um on coming again to you know looking at aspects of you know digital and for you again, would it be on the Joe Public side, um as Kenzie has just mentioned, would you look at it from a Joe public perspective? Would you look at it from the brands that you represent perspective? And if in the constant context that you feel one of the brands you represent um, say something out of turn, do you step in? So is this in the context of GBV? Any issues, it could be GBV, it could be Black Lives Matter. Um, How do you approach, or should I rather ask, how do you approach when you as a marketing company see that one of your brands have stepped out of line or have said something that is insensitive? So um, our belief
3: is that we shouldn't um, back up a course that um, we can't see through consistently. So um, our clients do approach us um, and inquire about whether they do need to participate in the Black Lives Matter movement or in a gender-based uh, movement. And our response to them is always to say that if you can't um, sustainably carry the conversation um, and, you know, give actionable outcomes or actionable solves, then rather don't go out and participate just, you know, for the benefit of fame or for the benefit of love. Of likes because um, that can easily
1: backfire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe just to add to that, I mean, I think, I mean, you can, and I mean, sometimes it isn't even linked to your brand, but you can also you can also do things where you are supporting certain causes that are authentically sitting within your within your um, your mandate from a you know a social investment point of view. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and, and so you don't always have to do a campaign around something. But there are, and I, I know, I know, Nedbank also did with when the crisis. I know there was a lot of food parcels going out that I saw. So there are ways of doing that on a on a secondary or th- you know a, a lower lower levels or tiers of communication that that that, that are, are authentic actions, um, and you can bring it in. So there's, I think, there are ways of supporting these these, these crises moments as brands, but. But yeah, I don't think you definitely don't want to be seen to be jumping on. Um, I mean, the worst thing you can be doing is jumping on the bandwagon um, and, coming, and coming across as try. I mean, that's really going to backfire on you really badly. So I think it's just about finding that balance of how do you support society where you can, and it just can be through certain actions that you're taking. It might be disconnected from your, your, your brand positioning. But yeah, I think it, the worst thing you can do is try and um, you know try and capitalize on, on 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 people's hardships let's put it that way
0: mm-hmm. that's very true and so we are coming to the end of our discussion and i would just want to hear some final thoughts and comments from you all uh, i will start with mpume do you have any final closing thoughts <laughs> um
3: yeah i would say that you know um we are in a very um unique space in time um you know with this whole pandemic going on with the um racism and the femicide going on um (laughs) so i think it's very important um for us as an industry to stay grounded um in the role that we play um to add value where we can um yeah and also just continue to uh, bring meaningful value to the lives of our clients in the lives of the people that
0: um, We work with in our companies mm-hmm. Definitely and Gareth any final closing thoughts from your side?
1: Um, no, you started with the value chain of creativity and I think I mean, I know Robbie Brozen spoken about I heard I heard his talk and he talked about now is the time for creativity um, and I think it's about it's about focusing your attention and your your energy um, and your resources in the most effective way to, most, to make the most creative impact. And I think you know we've spoken about how you do it. It must be authentic. it Must be on purpose. But I would say now is the time to be really pushing for outstanding creative output that's going to make a positive impact in the lives of your customers and consumers. And now is the time for clients and agencies to work really close, closely together to have you know um, to form these these, these shared visions and. And shared missions of, 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 of doing that kind of work. So, I'm, with the challenges we're facing, we're seeing as an agency, um, it's actually quite an amazing time with the work we're producing with our clients, is incredible. And I think it's because we're already focusing on, on doing the best output we can possibly do because we know that's how we make the biggest difference to our clients' business.
0: Thank you so much for that. And, Kenzie, any final thoughts or final comments that you want to say?
2: Yeah, so I mean, absolutely aligned to what what both Gareth and Buna said, but maybe just to add, because going back to that value chain, right, that value chain includes our media partners. Mm. And and again, in the context of the role that we play as a brand in South Africa, you know, brands have had to step up and make certain decisions to ensure that we continue to have a a value chain of media partners, right? And they don't, especially the smaller media partners. We've been quite committed, especially in the out-of-home area, of using transformed media partners so actually last year 70 percent of our outdoor was in black hands which is quite important but you can imagine all of those are, are small media partners so besides making sure that the creativity is still at a you know high that and we had to do that with our creative agencies i do think we need to figure out how we ensure that we don't have and you can see it a lot of magazines are shutting down Um, I'm sure if we had to look at what's going on in the outdoor space, we're going to see a lot of media companies shutting down. We've tried as a bank in the context of, you know, money experts who do good to commit to things like paying our media, like the small media guys in 10 days versus our normal sort of payment timelines. We've, even though we've had budget reductions, we've tried to commit certain amounts of money to your smaller media companies and especially your community station, radio stations, so, this is what it means, to be honest, going forward as brands. You play a much bigger role than just trying to sell your a bundle account, but you play a bigger role on actually how do you make sure that you have a sustainable South Africa? I mean, I think we need to continue to play that role as marketeers.
0: And that's a wrap on today's show Biz Takeouts. Take it where you like it, when you like it, how you like it.